spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Believe in hell, the Cowboys are playing at Cincinnati this year. I'm trying to figure out if I want to catch the COVID and go down and watch it. It might be worth it. Cowboys, man. It's been a roller coaster of a season. It's only three weeks. Yeah. All right. It has been a very eventful uh, NFL season already. We are three weeks in, and a lot of trends are starting to kind of form a little bit. Some patterns are starting to form, and that's the fun part about this. You know, week one of the NFL season is always great because it's your first taste of it. It's back. Week two, you don't know whether to get, you know, overly excited about your team or get too down on your team, but week three... That's about where you start really, you know, forming a lot of your opinions and your, and you know, your gut starting to form a lot of really, you know, big thoughts on your teams and some of the, you know, other teams around the league. Let's talk some NFL. We have ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz joining us. Jason, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. And look, I just heard what you were saying about not getting to go to the games. Like, this is a first world complaint. I will admit that. But, you know, my, my beloved Raiders this year. First game ever in Vegas on uh-huh. Monday Night Football. I worked for ESPN. I could have easily gotten a pass from the guys to go to that game. The week after playing in New England, that's only about an hour from Bristol where I spend most of my time. That game was easy. They were playing the Jets in New York. That game was easy. And Thanksgiving weekend playing in Atlanta. And, you know, my wife and family's all in Nashville. I split my time between the two cities. That's a pretty easy hop from Nashville to Atlanta. I had a plan to get to four Raiders games this year, and now the answer is zero. So I am still very hurt about it. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, the Justin Kinner Bowl is supposed to be, I have to pick my allegiance between the Browns and the Cowboys this week, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go to the game. We can't go to the game. So now, I, I don't know, I'm checking it out. I don't really want to just pick one team. I enjoy having more than one team. Jason, you have your team A, that's the, the Raiders. Who's your team B? No, there no such thing. I mean, there is no like, not even the Titans, huh? Statins? Living in Nashville? No, 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 no. I mean, twenty years in Nashville, like you know, Taylor Lewan's a buddy, and the number of times that he's texted me and been like, "When are you going to root for us?" I'm like, "When you play for the Raiders, like when us is you in Vegas, I will root for you all day." Like Will Compton played for the Raiders, now plays for the Titans. I uh, I hit him up last week, and I was like, "Hey, man." Uh, whatever you have a time, send me a jersey, but I want one of the Raiders jerseys. I don't want that trash for the Titans <laughs> stuff on my wall. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a one-team man through and through. Uh, loyalty is key. It is key. It's a trait that I wish I had, apparently, uh, as far as that. Plus, if they had a different quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, it might be a little bit easier to jump oh, on that band. Yeah. We have a lot of Titans fa- For some reason, we have a lot of Titans fans in this area, and they jump on me every time I take a shot at the Titans. So I had to get my dig in. Hey, let's look at uh, this week, uh, week three of the NFL season. It wrapped up last night. It was supposed to be uh, you know, the biggest game of the season, right? You had the, the, you know, the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, MVP, going up against Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP from last year, and the Chiefs. It didn't live up to the hype, but it's not, you know, it's because that's how good Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are. What are some of your takeaways from that? Because that really was a dud last night, but that speaks to just how good this Chiefs team is with Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Well, and i got to keep stressing what you just said, because I still believe the Ravens are the second-best team in the AFC. So that shows us how large the gap is between the best and the second-best team in the AFC. But mm-hmm. what we saw last night was, you know, there was so much concern that the Chargers had given some sort of a blueprint out of the 49ers on how to attack the Chiefs. And, 
look, fine, if you've got an epic defensive line that can get pressure and maybe you've got great corners that are playing out of their minds, maybe you can do something. But what we saw last night was, was Patrick Mahomes continuing to invent great plays, and we saw that they were obviously intent in getting Tyreek Hill more involved in the offense as well. So, you know, I, I look at the Chiefs, and I just think that they're going to put together the type of season this year that we'll be telling our grandkids about. And that's, you know, it, it's hard for me to admit that as a Raiders fan. I think this is going to be a generational season for Kansas City, and last night was an indication of it. They're clearly the best team in the NFL. So, uh, you know, that's the big takeaway from that. On the other side of it, uh, you know, we have to remember that the Ravens have spent a lot of time building an offense around Lamar Jackson for Lamar Jackson's strengths. And part of that is we're going to do some different things. We're going to do some different big formations. We're going to run a lot. We're going to set things up a particular way. Well, when you're down by two touchdowns, you can't just suddenly spread out and change who you are. So I don't, I don't put as much of Lamar Jackson's poor performance when they were down big on Lamar as it's just not the way the offense is built to run. And that's going to be something that the Ravens are going to have to look at if they're facing deficits anywhere else this season. Now you talk about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I brought up yesterday that Baker Mayfield is a game manager and the Browns fans attacked me. And particularly one Hold Browns, me back. Hold me back. <laughs> particularly this one Browns fan that I co-host this show with. Is the term game Great manager guy. a bad term? No, I don't think it's a bad term. I mean, I think game managers can win Super Bowls, honestly. Like, it's a matter of can you execute the offense? Do you believe that your coach is brilliant at his job? If you believe your coach is brilliant at his job offensively and you've got a game manager as a quarterback, you're going to be just fine. You know, the question is, how, how good is the game plan he's managing? Now, uh, this is a, a terrible radio take, but I, I die on this hill all the time. If you want to really know who you have at quarterback, you need three years to find out. Year one, you get a bit of a sample size. Everybody adjusts to it. Year two, you see how a quarterback performs against those adjustments. Year three, it normalizes. So the version of Baker that we're getting this year, I think, is probably a pretty normalized version of what to expect moving forward. And, you know, Baker's good, not great. You know, and, and that's that's okay. You can be, you can win a lot of games with a quarterback that's good, not great. We're just, the problem is everybody's enamored with this concept of finding their Patrick Mahomes and like, that just doesn't exist. Their Russell Wilson, like, that just doesn't exist for most of the league. So, you know, Baker, Baker's, he's, he's good. He's good enough to win a bunch of games, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't turn around. I don't think every NFL franchise would bow down for the opportunity right now to add Baker Mayfield thinking he makes them great. Well, they can't have him because he's Cleveland. So there you go. No, we got into that conversation yesterday because I was saying I, I don't. I think he's going to be a game manager this year. I if they're going if the Browns are going to continue to view him as a game manager moving forward. Yes, you can win with them. Alex Smith to me is the ultimate game manager that you can win a lot of games with. But it obviously took Patrick Mahomes to take the Chiefs to that next level. If the Browns only view Baker as a game manager, then they're always going to be having in the back of their head who else could we get out there that's going to take us to that next level. So that's why him and I got into that argument yesterday about I think it's a bad thing to be labeled that because if you are labeled as a game manager, you are not labeled as the, the franchise quarterback. And I think that's what Browns fans were hoping they got with Baker Mayfield. And, and that's a fair point. You know, I'll ask you the same question. I got asked sort of a gut punch question a couple of nights ago. Monday Night Football, it was last night. So uh, before the game, I was talking to a couple of our analysts from ESPN. And I went to him as a Raiders fan, and I said, give me, like, give me the reel on Derek Carr, because sometimes he's great and sometimes he's awful, and I can't figure out who he is. And one of our analysts looked at me and said, let me ask you something. When they were down by two touchdowns, do you think Bill Belichick or any of the coaches for New England were standing on the sidelines saying, wait, 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 guys, 
they've got Derek Carr. That lead's not safe. Mm. And it hit me. It's like, no. And so that's something I would challenge everybody to ask about their quarterback. I mean, do you believe that if you're a Browns fan and you're down by 14 points with five minutes left, do you believe that the opposing team is looking around and saying, oh, my God, we've got to get first downs because they've got Baker, and Baker can win this game for them. I I mean, I don't think we've seen enough of Baker doing that to really feel it. I'm not saying that's out of the question for him, but he's got more to prove before he gets to that level of status, and that is a franchise quarterback. Now, when you say that, I mean, I agree with you, except if it's the Atlanta Falcons asking that question, yes, they truly believe that the Raiders can come back. They believe anybody can come back. I think that's where we're at with that. Uh, last thing as we let you go, and ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz, you can hear uh, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. right here on 1410 ESPN Radio, one half of Spain and Fitz. And uh, I want to ask you about the Cincinnati Bengals, because yesterday I said that there's a stat about the Bengals and Joe Burrow that really alarms me, and right away everyone said, oh, it's the amount of times he's been hit. It's the amount of sacks 14 times he's been sacked it's the most in the nfl and i said actually the sacks are very concerning but that's not the number that i'm looking at that's really concerning the amount of the, the numbers that i'm looking at that really concern me are the amount of times he's thrown the ball he le- he's the second in the national football league in total passes thrown and the reason i think that's a problem is is he keeps getting hit because every time he drops back he has a horrible offensive line do you believe that Zach Taylor and the Bengals have a responsibility and maybe limiting how much they you know, allow him to throw the ball because every time he drops back, he's vulnerable and he is getting not just hit, but hit hard? Yeah, a thousand percent. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I was sitting on the couch watching the, the Browns-Bengals game of, uh, on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago with Michael Jr. And uh, when we reached the spot where Burrow was on whatever pass number 60 for that game, uh, Mike looked over at me and said, man, this is irresponsible. And that's the way it feels. They have the weapons. I know they don't have the offensive line. But in theory, they have the weapons to give themselves more ability to find a more rounded offense. And that's where Zach Taylor has to improve right now. I mean, he has to improve as an offensive signal caller, as a play caller, as somebody that can get there and put his quarterback in the right position. They've got to find a way to balance that offense. Otherwise, they are hanging him out to dry just to get absolutely cremated every time he touches the ball. And I also would challenge that... You know, they've got to find a more creative way like uh, like they did at LSU, and I know they're working some of those concepts in. they got to find a creative way to get the ball out of his hand more more quickly in general because he is getting just pounded, and that's the offensive line is bad. The organization has to figure out how to better evaluate talent at the offensive line, but in the meantime, you can't get your quarterback killed, and that's what they're doing. Last one for me. Is Drew Brees done? That, that's simple. <laughs> no, I you know, it. like... You say it, and I like I feel gross with the, just the concept of it, but I kind of think so. Like, and, and this is reminiscent of any fan base. That, that You remember that day when you were sitting there watching one of your favorite quarterbacks, and all of a sudden they just look different. Everybody's gone through it where you look at that quarterback and it's like, man, I don't know what changed this year, but they hit a wall. And that it is true. I can't believe I'm saying it, and I don't want to bet against Drew Brees because I believe in him so much. But, man, he is just not look good and the ball just sort of floats out ugly and we're not used to seeing it so yeah i I, i'm concerned i think that's a real concern this year and i can't believe i'm saying it but if if he's done two things are going to fall off the wheels quickly for the saints this year i do have a follow-up so just say for instance he is done and they actually do something that so hard to move on from a hall of fame quarterback like a drew Brees, and they pull him are they really going to put Tayson Hill in, or are they going to put in the turnover machine, my guy, Jameis? ESPN's 30 for 30. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, you know what, pride is the downfall of man. I think they're going to put in Taysom because at this point, Sean Payton is so dug in on that that you know I think they're at least going to give Taysom a shot. But don't be don't don't sleep on Jameis. I mean, as has been pointed out by a couple of people smartly, Teddy Bridgewater's value got escalated, even though he's just Teddy Bridgewater, got escalated to obscene levels for Teddy Bridgewater just because he was around the Saints organization. I think the same can happen for Jameis and. While we mock the 30 interceptions, let's at least acknowledge the 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. So he can play. Uh, you know, it's just can he get smart? And, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to have an opportunity, but I think they're going to try Jason Hill first. All right, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz from Spain and Fitz, 7 to 9 weeknights right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Going to hang out with us every Tuesday throughout the NFL season. Jason, thanks so much for your time. Always fun. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. You too. Take care. All right, good stuff there again. Uh, every Tuesday, he'll be hanging out with us at 4.30. Uh, and he agreed with me. And Mike Golan Jr. agreed with me. And he also agreed with me about the game manager thing. That's fine, but mine was more important. And he also agreed with me about Drew Brees being done. Listen, we got we got a clock. <laughs> we got to get out of here. We got we got a commercial break to get to. So I'm that, tired of always getting yelled at because Kev's always going to break late. So that would be two to, two to one, me. What, what, what? Oh, I'm late to the party. We're getting some notes. We're going to get to the Facebook responses coming up, but I was being serious about that Bengals question. I do think that it is borderline irresponsible of Zach Taylor to continue to allow uh, Burrow to throw the ball that many times. I really do. Not because of his arm. Well, just because of his head, shoulders, knees, and toes, everything. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> 